welcome to another episode of You Do What? The podcast where I interview my comedian friends about their traditions and rituals. My name is Cindy Arvina. This week on the show, I have comedian Samir Suri. You can find Samir on Twitter at Suri underscore Samir. That's S-U-R-I underscore S-A-M-E-E-R. And this month, you can catch Samir at the Nurmelt Showroom at 9 p.m. for nominees. That's on Friday, March 23rd. And also catch him at the Pack Theater at 8 p.m. on Saturday, the 24th of March. This week, Samir and I discuss Indian funerals and weddings. Hope you enjoy. Oh, are so exciting. <laughs> I just went to one of the former for a cousin of mine who was fabulous. He's, he's a much older cousin. Mm-hmm. Much older. I have much, to say. much older. I am. I, <laughs> no, I have to say, I'm 23. This is like the second wedding I've been to. I've had to travel to India for in the past, like in the space of three months. <laughs> I have another wedding in New York in August. I, I'm too young for this to be happening. And when I was a teenager, I was going to funerals all the time. Now I'm going to what? But, oh, do you want to hear about the funeral first or the wedding first? Either one. What? The funeral is a good Let's story. Let's do the funerals because I feel like that might have informed like who you became <laughs> later on in life. <laughs> well, the funeral was long. I was already an adult when this happened. Okay. Um, this was also in Delhi. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was a pallbearer at this funeral. Oh, my God. Uh, and because they had, you know, and funerals happen very fast mm-hmm. uh, in India. It's not. It was literally the, 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 the guy died at in the evening. And the next morning was the funeral. Wow. Um, they waste no time. No, I know, because everything spoils. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a, a subtropical <laughs> climate, darling. Um, <laughs> you gotta you gotta move. So I was we, we were Paul Bear, and they have, you know, they have to have the men in the family, mm-hmm. which I at least nominally am. So they had me Paul Bearing, and so the, and so you take people. It's not like cremations here. You know, you go to a cremation here. It's very civilized. They Mm -hmm. shove somebody into an oven. They close the oven. You don't see anything happen. Yeah. Delhi is still old school. It's an open air cremation. You see, it's it's the pile of sticks. Um, And you smell. Oh, you smell. You smell. You breathe. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, uh, <laughs> but you, you, I think people have an idea. I think they got this from Star Wars mm-hmm. that they, you have the pile of sticks and then they put the body on top. Okay. Um, which is not what happens. Uh, you put the body, there's kind of a plinth in the crematorium. There's a bunch of plinths set up mm-hmm. and you put the body on the plinth on kind of a stretcher and you build the pyre around it and then you set the body on fire. And then at this funeral, this guy's head burst open. Um, while he was on fire because that is the pressure from the heat. Your skull cracks and bursts open. Um, so, I mean, he was, there was enough fire that you couldn't see it happen, but Uh you could hear it. Oh God. Um, What does that sound like? It just, (laughs) wow. (laughs) It was just a pop, a huge, like huge, huge crack. And I turned to, uh, in fact, I think it was the groom at the wedding I'm about to tell you about. <laughs> um, but this was, uh, this is a, a couple years before. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, what was that? He was like, I think that was his head. <laughs> oh um, so they were, Oh, but one thing I loved, uh, people dress very casually for funerals there. I oh, mean, okay. the, the, the groom and I were of the, the people who were Paul bearing were the only people who had collars. Oh, okay. I mean, that's how casual it was. Uh-huh. People wearing, you know, hoodies, t-shirts. A cousin of mine was across the, um, the pyre from me and I was looking across and he was, you know, very, it was a funeral. He was doing what he had to do, you know, mm-hmm. very somber, all of that. Um, he, but he was wearing a t-shirt that had a picture of Garfield on the front. And then next to it, it said, allergic to bullshit. And (laughs) it was one of my favorite things I've ever seen, just staring across a funeral pyre at this guy who has the most stricken look on his face, but just (laughs) right down his front, allergic to bullshit. Um, (laughs) Just not even a second thought about it. He's like, I like Garfield. (laughs) I think he just grabbed the first shirt he found in black. Um, oh, okay, so so black. No, is... it's not. I oh, don't know okay. why the white oh. traditionally, but nobody was very, or I mean, like old people were. Mm-hmm. I think, um, but yeah, traditionally it's white. Okay, everybody well, does wears the all white, white symbolize... in Hindu funerals. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, that's the idea of Hindus find it very weird to keep ashes. Okay, um, like this is something. Yeah, Hindus go into white people's houses who do cremations and they see urns and they're like, this was not the point. Yeah. The point <laughs> of cremation is 
you, I mean, you destroy the body and then you throw it in a river and it goes away and it's gone. Uh huh. It just goes um, back into the earth. It's just, it's, it's, it's the reincarnation thing. Mm-hmm. You're freeing the soul completely from this body. It's oh. completely gone. And then, and then it can go on to mm-hmm. the next life. You're not trapping any of the body here on earth in an urn on your mantelpiece. Right. Um, and, uh, so, so that was the funeral story. <laughs> um, who, who was it that died? It was, <laughs> it was a relative. Okay. Um, not, not a close one, I imagine. No, it was not someone I actually had um, ever even met. Um, Why did they make you Paul Bear? Because I was there. I mean, it was I. It, I was staying with. I was in Delhi. Uh-huh. I was staying with cousins of mine who were Paul Bearing. Okay. And so, just I had to be. I had to go because they were going. Okay. Okay. So you happened to already be in Delhi. Um, yeah, this was the night before I was going to leave. Oh, I see. Because uh, I was like, wow, did you fly out like emergency no, style? No, no. I just happened to be visiting them. Okay, got it. I was just in India for a couple of weeks. By yourself? A few weeks on vacation. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think by that point I was by myself. You know, the family got... My parents and I are always in India at roughly the same time, but yeah. we're always traveling to different cities at different times. Okay, got it. Um, Do you have family like all over the country? Uh, yeah, all over ish. Not like all. I mean, I don't have that much family in the south, for example. Okay, got it. Yeah, I mean, I have like grandparents in one place, and then I'm not, like I mostly home base is Delhi. Yes. Um, because my mother grew up there, and her people are there, and mm-hmm. and the people I'm closest to, other than my grandparents mm-hmm. who live outside of Delhi, are in Delhi. Yes. So, and my grandparents are in some village now. <laughs> um, so I was in Delhi for oh this past wedding that I went to, which was. I mean, it was the best wedding I've ever been to. It, it, in theory, it was three functions spread across five days. Yeah. What it actually was, was a five-day completely debauched party. <laughs> that was, I, um, somebody, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you off air who uh, in the wedding party this was. Um, <laughs> <laughs> because I don't, I don't, I don't want to blow the whistle on, on somebody, but right. uh, there was, there was, there was a guy at the, at the wedding who busted. So two days before the wedding, there's a function called the Mandy uh-huh. and there, which is, you know, that how the bride has all the henna tattoos on. Yes. Uh, that's where she gets that done. Oh, okay. And it's basically this big. That is the wildest party because it's the longest. You know, it mm-hmm. starts at lunchtime and stretches into the small hours. Oh, fun. And everyone gets to go. It's not just women. Yeah, everybody gets to go. Big, huge party. So this guy at the party slipped, uh, you know, they sprayed champagne festively on the dance floor. This guy slips on the dance floor, busts his tailbone. Oh, uh, no. But you can never keep a Punjabi down from a party. <laughs> he got through the next uh, the next couple of days at this wedding with uh, painkillers, an inflatable donut, copious amounts of whiskey, uh, and um, another substance I'll tell you off air. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, <laughs> Just determined to enjoy this wedding. Just determined to enjoy the wedding. And after the... And danced and did everything and went... And then two, three days later, like, I think three or four days later, went to another wedding out of town, meaning he had to sit on his tailbone on a flight to go oh, to this wedding. No. This week, this wedding happened last week. Mm-hmm. Um, this wedding happened a, a week, two days ago. Yeah. Um, and th- this week, he finally goes to the doctor and finds out the tailbone has been both broken and dislocated. Okay, so he didn't even go to a doctor in the whole time that he was partying. No, because he didn't want to know. He was just yeah, like, yeah, just like I'm not. I'm gonna worry about it later. <laughs> wow, is he a young guy or an, or an older man? He's in his thirties. Okay, well, I mean, that's like it's not like super duper young to where you can just kind of bounce back. Like, yeah, and he's not in his early thirties. Um, so, so it's broken. Does he have to like get surgery or anything? No, he just has to wait around. It's India. You walk things off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Look at their attitude to funerals. You think if somebody's not <laughs> even dead, they're going to make a fuss over. Um, it's People are getting sick now from the pollution. Mm-hmm. It got so... I mean, I know people who live there who have gotten sick from the pollution now. Um, they have... Uh, you know, the... Everything is breaking down. I mean, what you need to know about Indian infrastructure is that Hindi has the same word for bridge and swing. Um, <laughs> so and the pollution is actually, I don't know how they did this, but it was, it was 
abominable when I went in December and January. Mm. And then last week I went, it wasn't that bad. Okay. Um... So I don't know how they managed. They kept they kept trying to have these like harebrained schemes. They had something called odd even uh, that was if the date ends in an odd number, uh, you can only drive a car with a license plate that ends in an odd number. Oh, uh, and likewise with with even. Mm-hmm. Um, the chief minister of Delhi is just. Adorable. <laughs> <laughs> that is like a very like cutesy kind of plan. Just like, all right, it's on our system, everybody. I think it was us. A, 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 a big city in China has also done this. It was either Beijing or Shanghai. I think it was Beijing. Um, Does it make so it makes a difference? Well, it didn't really in Delhi uh-huh. uh, because a there were so many exemptions from it. I think it was like eighty something percent of cars weren't included. Auto those those three wheel rickshaws that mm-hmm. you see those weren't included. They didn't include. Um, and this made sense. They didn't include, if there are only women in the car, you're exempt. Okay. Because they didn't want women to have to take public transport and get gang raped. Okay. Um, Yikes. Uh, which is, <laughs> which happens. Um, I went to uh, uh, India Gate where uh, this, this past time uh, with, with a cousin of mine. Um, and he was telling me he had gone to, you know, a, a few years ago, there were big protests against how much rape there was in uh-huh. Delhi uh, to try to get the government to do something. And this cousin of mine might have been tear gassed oh <laughs> during the, at India Gate, because India Gate, India Gate is a big, uh, it's it's built like a triumphal arch, but it's a war memorial to Indians who died fighting for the British in uh, World War One. And, and it was built by the British. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's gorgeous, especially you see it at night. They have a huge fire lit underneath it. That's but beautiful. we That's went, in Delhi? That's in Delhi. Mm-hmm. Uh, we went there drunk after going to the <laughs> the Imperial Hotel, uh, which is a, which is a great g- glamorous sort of outpost of of the British Raj, um, which I wanted to go because there's uh, there's a, I mean you first of all you you drink in the bar which is called 1911, uh-huh. which is it's called 1911 because 1911 was the year that George the fifth and uh, Mary visited India, and they were the first emperor and empress of India to visit as emperor and empress. Oh, interesting. Um, which is why there's also, there's you go to Bombay, there's also a gigantic arch in Bombay called the Gateway of India that was to commemorate that's where they landed. Uh-huh. Um, but 1911, this, this bar is great, and my cousin and I were there uh, because he used to go there uh, when he was underage, uh, because it was so fancy that nobody thought anybody underage would go, so they didn't card you. Oh, interesting. So, so they're like, oh, well, if you're here, you're of yeah. age. And also, they don't actually card anybody. I am technically underage. I'm 23. The legal drinking age in Delhi is technically 25. What? I did not um, know that. But nobody gives a shit. Right, right. Um, 25? Oh, my God. You're an old man at that point. Uh, I know. <laughs> like, oh, I know. You'd think you would... You know, that's when you start cooling down. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. People are just, like, past their, like... <laughs> their problems. I mean, hopefully. <laughs> that's when you start going to rehab at 25. Um, but you went... Uh, but we... He introduced me to the cocktail he would have there, which is called a chakte fatte, which includes... Um, scotch and rum and tequila and gin and vodka and Cointreau and uh, another kind of rum called Old Monk, which is what like the soldiers in the mountains drink. Uh-huh. Uh, burns right through your throat. Oh my God. <laughs> it probably fucks you up really quick. <laughs> so I was, and I had gone, you know, su- such a, such a good travel. I got to see the history. So I was taking my cousin around, and this is where they went up the stair, and they have, um, but they have, they do have this great stuff of the Raj, their old art from the Raj, portraits that they had, their old, you know, war medals of British colonial offices, mm-hmm. um, you know, of, of titles that are like something of Burma, Knight of, I mean, I'm making this up, but things like <laughs> Knights of Burma, and that, like that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, the reason I was there because I wanted to see the ballroom because the ball and this is a great story. Uh, anyone who wants to uh, see the full thing is it, there's a great book by Alex von Tunzelman called Indian Summer, mm-hmm. which is about independence. So Muhammad Ali Jinnah, who was the founder of Pakistan, uh, gave a meeting in the ballroom that was sort of discussing the 
Pakistan. This mm-hmm. was before independence and before Pakistan was formed, but it was about like what we're going to do. Okay. Um, and so he's giving this meeting and this is still, you know, an outpost for the Brits to stay. So it's, you know, glamorous Westerners staying in the hotel, having, they have a patio, they're eating. It's, you know, everybody's mm-hmm. having a fabulous time. Um, and so he's giving this meeting and 50 Kaksars, which were this uh, like f- psycho group, uh, <laughs> raged into the hotel armed, screaming, get Jinnah, intending to assassinate him. And by the way, whenever I tell this story in India, everybody I tell this story to says, yeah, they should have. Um, <laughs> but uh, Jinnah, and I, I don't entirely disagree, uh, but... When they were running up the stairs, I have to give Jinnah credit for this. Cool as a cucumber. He, I, when, you're, when you're in the hotel, that's why it's fun to go. You can see this. Of course, when they're running up the stairs, you can hear them from the ballroom. It's like, right? Um, so he heard them come and, cl- and your feet clang on the, on the uh, steps. Because um, what are the steps made of? I think it was like marble or something. Yeah. I, um, something loud. Yeah, it was loud. Um, and... Uh, but yeah, cool as a cucumber, you know, just finished up his meeting, went to the Mughal suite, was fine, could he- even though he could hear them from outside. And um, this is what was great about the British then, too. They were at the time having um, either lunch or tea or something afternoonish. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, and the Cuxars raged through and knocked shit over and fucked everybody up. Everybody ran away screaming. Um Dinner time rolled around. They came right back in, <laughs> set the tables back up, sat down, and had dinner. Right back to business? <laughs> That's amazing. So was the ballroom as cool as you were, were hoping it would be? Oh, totally. I mean, and because and, uh, it was art deco design, mm-hmm. but it was also, they had, you know, a huge painting of some Indian pastoral, not pastoral, but some Indian scene happening. Mm-hmm. Um, that kind of thing is really fun to see. I'm fascinated by all that colonial stuff of, yeah. like, of, of, the Art Deco coming in and that and that and the Edwardian style mm-hmm. uh, of everything mixed in with all this Indian stuff. Yeah, um, that must be really neat to see. Uh, so that yeah, <laughs> that was fun. and also just to see this ballroom because I had read about what had happened there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, after a couple of chakte fatte, <laughs> <laughs> I love that word. <laughs> Lumbering up the stairs like, and they were running up here, right? <laughs> Um, Your cousin's like, yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> no, he had had a couple. T- okay, he was, he was worse for wear than I was. <laughs> um, um, God, what was it? Is there anything else you want to know about weddings? Yeah, <laughs> we got so off track. Because like, I've I've never been to an Indian wedding. I've always wanted to go, but I've just never like. Yeah, I haven't had many Indian friends that have gotten married, so I have not been invited. But like, it's I love that it's a You're multi-day not gonna get, event. I'm I'm eloping. You're so loping? Just so Aww. <laughs> I was going to ask, like, can I come to yours? <laughs> you I mean, yeah, it would be too... It's so much money. It's so much money, and it would be a complication for fags to do this. <laughs> it would be... There would People would be up in arms, I'm sure. It would be... I like, because it's... I mean, if... Also, Indian weddings are so much more fun in India. But I was going like, to ask uh, about that. Yeah. Uh, but I'm not going to... You know, 90% of the people I would invite are here. They wouldn't be able to go. Right. Um, so, yeah, it's just... Yeah. It's not quite <laughs> it's, worth it. Yeah. Um, so, when... Um, oh, so you said that they're more fun in India. Is it just because, like, just that's just, like, the whole culture? Like, it's, like, all about the it's wedding? It's because it's the whole culture. It's because people have less <laughs> work ethic. Um, so, I mean, you can just take five days off and party. Uh-huh. Um, at least among a certain, among the upper middle class in Delhi. Yeah. Um, yeah, is it, people it, just party much, much more. Uh-huh. Um, much harder and much longer. And they, and, and everybody, you know, all your friends will take those five days off and party with you. Yeah. Um, I'm not all your friends, but it's like, it's, it's, you you understandably can't do that here. Right. Yeah. Um, People would just be like, no, you absolutely cannot. Yeah. <laughs> you have to be back at work. Yeah. Um, and then just go, yeah, and after this wedding, just <laughs> fly right back out of town for another wedding. Yeah. It's like, it's amazing <laughs> to me that people do this, but they do. Um, people just have, you know, family businesses that are basically running on autopilot. Yeah. So they, uh, and, you know, old family businesses that were set up in the 60s and 70s and by their parents and, it's just not a big deal to. It's just they just do, they just do. Um, the the I mean the British, 
This is so okay, I've done two podcasts about India now, and this is the last one I will do. And these three <laughs> interviews are the most I will ever talk about my family. Thank God it's um, with me. <laughs> <laughs> um, because I, I mean, I don't like to do that. I, I, a, all Indian comics do that. They're just constantly talking about the family and doing the accent, and you don't want to become yeah cookie cutter for sure. Um, and also it's. It is not fair <laughs> to them <laughs> for me to air out their <laughs> their dirty laundry. Like, I mean, it's not dirty laundry, but you know, you I don't feel know. no. I, I totally get you. you. Just kind of feel weird, like saying these things. Like, I don't even know if they would want me to talk about them at all, even if it's bad or good. Just kind of, yeah, I, I definitely get that. And nothing I say about anyone is good. So <laughs> 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 I'm incapable of. I can only dish people. Um, So as long as I'm only gossiping, maybe I don't need to gossip about these people, Um, about my family. But uh, yeah, there is, you know, the, the habits that the upper middle and upper classes in Delhi have now Mm -hmm. um, and in to an, to an extent in Bombay are, are basically the, exactly the habits um, or not exactly, but very similar to the habits of the British upper classes in the thirties. I mean, they just, they just kept those things. Mm-hmm. Um, it's that kind of, it's having the driver and the servants and the, and you know, tea is at this time and then you have drinks and then you, and then you have Scott and you know, the, uh, you, uh, so kind of like old worldish, very old worldish. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, and there's a, there's a kind of more of a ritual to everything, but also mm-hmm. more of a relax and the sense of humor is very similar. Um, Totally politically incorrect. That's mm. the best thing about Delhi. Yeah. Um, they have no... And it's what distinguishes Delhi from Bombay. Mm-hmm. It's what... Like, oh, Bombay people are really fun, but they're not funny. Delhi okay. people are really funny. Uh-huh. And it, it, But it loses everything in translation. There's something... I'm going to tell you this now anyway in English, even though it's not... In Hindi, it's funny. But I, at the wedding, um, my cousin Badham, who is the funniest person I know, other than my mother... Mm-hmm. Um, was saying to, to another cousin of mine that uh, basically, you know, your teeth are really fucked up. You should get a job as a bartender because then you would always be opening bottles with your teeth and maybe they'd straighten <laughs> your teeth back. <laughs> I, <laughs> that... I could, I could, I can like hear that joke like in Spanish and it's funnier to me. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's like a foreign person kind of sense of humor, <laughs> like non-American. <laughs> or, or, or just in a language that is kind of rougher than English. Right. There's, there are certain things, I don't know Spanish that well, mm-hmm. but I do know Italian and, and there's, as my best friend speaks Spanish and mm-hmm. has heard me speak Italian and was like, I got like 50% of that. Yeah. So there's a similarity. Um, but Italian, like Hindi, like I assume Spanish, mm-hmm. has a kind of a a, a punch to it. Yeah. Uh, that English doesn't have. Yeah. Or that French doesn't have. There's ju- there's just like a, a passion to it. It's like it's like a fire is constantly rising up your throat when <laughs> yeah. you're speaking those languages. And what um what I like about the the joke that you told is like are is um is Hindu culture is it a lot of like roasting like your mm. friends and family members. Cause that's so that's like in Latino culture, that's what it's all about. You make fun of everybody. I know. And things that that's why I don't, people think I'm mean on stage in a way that I only now am beginning to understand what they even mean. Uh huh. Because things I like I say just seem to seem to me the most natural thing to say mm-hmm. in the world, because that's just how my mother always talks. Right. <laughs> I'm like this, this is mean. Yeah. <laughs> like people are upset by this. Um, I can't imagine. Um, but it's, yeah, I don't, I, I don't know that. That's the deli sense of, of humor is where I come from. Yeah. Less sensitive than yeah. Americans. <laughs> yeah. And that's, and you, and you, you're meanest to the people closest to you. It's right. not that it's, Oh, it's out I of like, love. Yeah. yeah. It's, I think that's what a lot of American people miss with that. They're like, how could you say that to your own mom? It's so mean. It's like, no, like we're razzing each other. It's yeah. just what we do. <laughs> yeah. Who it's, it's always, as my mother always said to me, and now I say back, back to her, who else will tell you this? Yeah. It, yeah. My mom tells me that too. Yeah. She's like, no one else is going to tell you, sweetheart. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Just do her own thing. 
Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's like it's um yeah, it's just it's a it's it's out of love. It, it's all it's not it's never to be actually like wanting to hurt somebody's feelings. And even if it is, I mean, you you I think you would take a a gentler view of it than I do. I mean, sometimes I mean, like mostly it's out of love. Mm -hmm. Sometimes even when it's not, it's who cares? <laughs> there are worse things. It's like uh, somebody made a joke. Who cares? Like you could tell you. I mean, like with this this tooth joke mm -hmm. thing. Um, that's it wasn't necessarily out of love with Bottom. That's just how he talks to everybody. Uh -huh. um, it's not he'll say that he'll say that kind of thing to you if he loves you, but he'll say that kind of thing to you even if he doesn't like you. Um, a, he's he and I really get along because we are the meanest people in the family. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> is, is, oh, I'll ask you off 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 this question off. <laughs> oh recording. no, he's not. He's not the. He's not the ballroom. No. Oh, okay. Got it. <laughs> um. Uh, but oh god what was I gonna say no it's just there's an understanding that that's it, it's not necessarily out of love it's not necessarily out of hate that's just how you talk right um, it, that, that's what I mean by mm -hmm. it um, and also the image of just like someone using <laughs> <laughs> opening bottles to straighten their teeth that's brilliant that's really funny <laughs> <laughs> Somebody, um, uh, another friend of ours was, we were hanging out with him and, um, uh, he was saying, you know, you know how, uh, most babies are born and they're screaming, ma, ma, Badham was born. He was screaming, panchod, panchod, panchod is a, a Hindi swear word meaning sister fucker. <laughs> <laughs> Cause that's just his personality. Yeah. He just, he swears more than. Anybody I know, even in English, him uh -huh. in Hindi. Um, <laughs> this has just become a rhapsody to my cousin <laughs> Bottom now. <laughs> he sounds amazing. I would um, hang out with him. <laughs> He's so funny. Um, I, I wish most comics we knew were that funny. Right. Um, if his life were worse, he'd be a comic. <laughs> well, good for him. <laughs> that is not. Very luckily, this didn't happen to him. Um, oh, a, a, a dumb question about uh, weddings. Is there a particular time? Because like in America, like June is like the wedding There's wedding, wedding season. Yeah. No, it just happens it's all year whenever. long. Everybody is constantly getting married. Whenever I have been in India, there have been whomever I have been staying with has had a wedding to go to. Yeah. <laughs> um... I mean, I've, I've, it's not even really gate crashing because it is expected that, you know, a guest at a wedding will just bring somebody else. Right. Um, but I have what we would call here gate crashed multiple weddings. Um, I didn't know the bride, I didn't know the groom, but I was just brought because yeah. I was there. <laughs> and you had um, fun, right? Yeah. No, I mean, you can, if you're, if you're, <laughs> the, the thing is just not to put on airs. Yeah. Um, I, w I was once told by a cousin of mine, it's like, I worked, so we were so relieved you weren't the American cousin <laughs> um, who comes in. And, and it's, it's not in the sense of, you know, I am very American when I go, whenever, you know, you go abroad, people do attack America. I always defend. Yeah. Always defend. Defend. Uh, the, d defend. <laughs> the president. Uh, defend the country. Defend, you know, I, I'm, it's, it's not about that being mm -hmm. American. Um, with that kind of thing, I'm, I, I always defend my country, but um, it's just not going and being aloof and being, you know, not willing to, you know, speak the language or do things or, or you know, being expecting to be handheld through everything. Right, like being a good sport and holding your own. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. People talk shit to you, you talk shit back. Yeah. It's fine, yeah. Um that's basically just what you have to do. This would be mm -hmm. my advice to any white people going to India. I'm not saying you have to learn Hindi, but don't, mm -hmm. and don't condescend. Like, don't, <laughs> don't think you're going to find enlightenment there. Nobody is yeah. enlightened. <laughs> India is the last place to go for enlightenment. Yeah, stop um, being an asshole and try to flex on Indian people, please. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing gross within an American that's like, I went to India to find myself. <laughs> I mean, you're gonna, 
you're going to find something. <laughs> you're going to find out something about yourself, but it's not going to be something you like. You're not going to find inner peace. Nobody has inner peace in India. <laughs> oh, um. I did go to the ashram, that fake ashram that the Beatles got suckered into going oh, to. Oh, really? Um, in Rishikesh. It's not, it's, it is, has closed. It's not mm-hmm. a working ashram anymore. In fact, it's part of, um, a tiger sanctuary now. Oh, wow. Um, but it's broken down and they have ruins and, uh, and you can still go see them. I went in like early, early January, mm-hmm. uh, early in the morning. So it was covered in fog and nobody else was there. And it was, oh, wow. um, they have old prayer huts. Beatles fans have been coming for decades and, you know, doing graffiti all over all of it. That's awful. Um, no, I mean, they've made a gallery out of it. Oh, okay. okay. So <laughs> um, it's welcomed. It's, it's well, I mean, nobody cares. I mean, because it's not a, it's not a functioning ashram anymore. Right. It is, I mean, and it was built in the '60s. It's not like ancient ruins. <laughs> okay. Um, it's like brand new, basically. The yeah, whole grand and every, scheme of everybody Indian. is just like everybody knew this guy was a charlatan. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, uh, so it's not like they're defacing something sacred. Okay, uh, that makes more sense. And even if they were, I. I mean, people there would care. I don't really care. Um, <laughs> but um, it's ruins in a tiger sanctuary. Who ca- it's, it, I mean, it's not, if it had some historical significance, mm-hmm. um, that would be one thing. Um, but we went and you now, because it's run by the government, you have to pay to get in. Mm-hmm. And I was wearing a jacket that you've often seen me in, big gray jacket that I have no hood. Um, but it was freezing. Mm-hmm. So I had made a hood kind of, kind of like the, the chief minister of Delhi does with, with a scarf. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I went up, it was with my dad and, uh, we go to the ticket booth and the guy is saying he's going to charge my dad and let me go in for free because he thinks that with a scarf tied around my head that I'm his driver. <laughs> and they, <laughs> And were you treated as such? <laughs> I was looked at as such. Yeah. We, I mean, we, we came clean. Uh-huh. Um, so, unfortunately. Uh, uh, that's my story about the Beatles ashram. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, tell me about, because you mentioned the, is the first, um, the first, step in the the marriage process is you know doing the henna that's the longest party that's the first oh thing? that's not the first oh, no okay. i mean there, there there are parties before then so i went to basically basically three functions mm-hmm. um each separated by a day right um but there were also f- parties in between uh-huh. and things that happen in between and again it was basically just a five-day party that just kept going right um so tell me like all the the different parties that so you the do ones do. that i went to the I got there the afternoon of a party that was that night that was called the cocktail, uh-huh. um, which is just a giant party and there's a dance floor and everybody drinks and dances and hangs out and huge buffet and all of that. Yeah. Um, all of these happen open air, by the way, in the same, each of these functions happened on the same field. Okay. Um, I was going to ask you about that too. It's uh, everything mm-hmm. happens at the same place. No, I mean, not necessarily, but in this case. Okay, okay. Um, okay, so it can, it can vary. It, yeah, and uh, they do... Uh, and I was staying at the groom's house with this family. Mm-hmm. Um, and by family, I mean, like, a lot of the extended... Like, Badam lives in that house, his brother, his wife, his parents, and the groom, whose cousin Badam is, and his brother and his parents. It's like, it's a, it's a giant... It's not really a house. It's kind of a small apartment building that everybody mm-hmm. lives Um but, uh, God, what was I going to say? So, they, I mean, they, they have an area of Delhi called Chaturpur mm-hmm. where there are a lot of, where a lot of weddings happen because they have, they're called farms. Okay. Um, and it's, there's like a house and then a giant field. Mm-hmm. Um, and what was gorgeous about how this wedding was done was, you know, each of these functions was at this one farm, but it had been done up so differently every time you practically could not tell it was the wow. same place. Um, and even just, and you could tell they made an effort to do this because it, there were touches just to disorient you. Like the dance floor was in a different place each time. The bar was in a place, different place each time. So you just didn't, you didn't associate it. Right. Um, they really made it completely separate for each party. Yeah. That's so cool. I love that. Um, what was I going to say? I was saying, oh yeah. So the first party was there. It was the cocktail. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then the, and then there's two days later was the Mandy. And then two days later was the wedding. Uh-huh. 
Um, and the reception. And they have the whole, the feras at the wedding, which is the, you know, they tie the scarves together and walk around the fire. Okay, yes. Um, each round is called a fera. Uh-huh. Uh, and there are seven. Um, and this is a shorter party? Th- no, that's that's something that happens at the wedding. Oh, okay. okay. Um, and that is the the wedding. Once mm-hmm. you've done seven, you're married. Okay, that's the, that's the, that is the, the ceremony. That is the ceremony, Got yeah. It. Um, uh, at this wedding, it was being heckled by <laughs> one of the guests who was drunk. Oh, my um, God. <laughs> but they managed to get through it. Mm-hmm. Uh, who was singing uh, an old wedding song, old, old uh, Bollywood wedding song called Dil Vale Dholanyale Jange, which is the, the, the guy with heart gets the bride. Uh-huh. Um, how sweet. How sweet. But when you... <laughs> During the marriage ceremony, you don't want to be drunkenly heckled. Um, but uh, but that's also the kind of thing with the with the political incorrectness, with the humor. It uh-huh. wasn't. It was not what a wedding ceremony being drunkenly heckled here would be like. Right. It was just like mildly annoying. Get uh-huh. him under control, whatever. But it was not a crisis. Right. Um, the bride didn't lose her shit. No. It was just yeah. It was just mildly annoying. Yeah. Um. And and even like it took a little, it took a bit for it to become mildly annoying and stop being funny, which is what it first was. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> and they did. Uh, oh, so you know how people tend to think of the groom arriving on an elephant uh, at the wedding. You know, mm-hmm. people have this image. Uh, a, that's what. That's very gauche. The okay. chic thing to do is a horse. Oh. Um, but this groom and increasingly some people are doing this who are, I consider this wet. Uh, <laughs> just animal rights or whatever. They don't want to do a horse. Mm-hmm. But this actually was really fun. They come in on an open air Jeep. Okay. Um, and it's called a, that arrival is called a Barat. Mm-hmm. And it takes a while. I mean, you do, you're not going that far. But in this case, it took about two hours because they have a band there and drummers there. And the whole groom side is surrounding him and dancing around. Oh. As the groom arrives. Yeah. And so this lasted two hours. And because it was a big open air Jeep, you know, we would every once in a while, different ones of us would climb up on the Jeep, dance on the hood, dance on the side, you know. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> That's wild. I yeah. love it. <laughs> uh, it was fantastic. And they have they have these these drummers who do the the old Indian drums, mm-hmm. tolkis. Um, oh, that's that's one of the things that happens between. Um <clears throat> The night before the wedding, this was really fun. The the groom side, uh, by which I mean like people in the groom's generation, not really his parents and and those that that kind of people, right? Um, but like the groom's cousins and friends and bro- like they will go to the bride's place um, with a bunch, which with with these professional drummers, and the drummers will play, and the groom side will dance outside the bride's house, and then the bride and her friends and you know siblings and cousins or whatever will come out um, in front outside the bride's house and dance with the groom side, and that that Aww. happens the night before the wedding. <laughs> That's um, super cool. Yeah, uh, these things are adorable. I never knew I was so soft hearted until <laughs> I went. To, I was like, I I I. Find, I find this really nice. What is wrong with me? Um, well, yeah, to like zoom out and be like, that is a really cool thing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, I'm, it's not only really fun to be on the inside of, but you you look back on it and you're like, wow, that was really sweet. I love yeah. that. Um, when you were um, when you were like a kid going to, to the, did you go to many weddings when you were a child? Yeah, but I don't, um, when you're a small child. I went. I mean, I went to a wedding when I was four uh-huh. of my mother's brother, um, whom I'm very close to, and that was in Delhi. But again, I was four, so right, I don't. don't I vaguely remember uh-huh. it. But kids are kids are welcome. Kids have fun at the weddings. Too. Yeah, yeah, and that's um, so when the bride when not the bride when the groom comes in, usually on the horse. Mm-hmm. The tradition is there is a little kid sitting on the horse, like uh-huh. a little boy sitting on the horse, who is a younger brother or a younger cousin or, or that kind of thing. And, and I was that at, when I was four at my Aww. uncle's wedding. Um, <laughs> That's adorable. <laughs> so they had, I and, and so it. they had a little kid on the, on the Jeep. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> was he driving it? <laughs> <laughs> no, the, the groom's sister-in-law uh, was driving. Okay. <laughs> um, so yeah, it was fabulous. Mm-hmm. Is there any, do you have any other questions? 
Um, yeah, because you you mentioned that like it's people are expected to to bring guests. Are presents, uh, gifts, like really a thing? Not really. I, no. I didn't think so because it's like the, it's the family's paying for everything. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It's not. Yeah, I it's don't. just more to go and enjoy and party and you know. exactly. I mean, you <laughs> you pay them back with the wedding in your family. Okay, okay. Um, so it's like it's the reciprocity. Like you have a dope wedding, I'll have a dope wedding. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, at least I. I hope we weren't supposed to give presents. <laughs> <laughs> um, fuck, I, Jesus. You this being is, there. Yeah. I, <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> You've just filled me with nerves now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure it was fine. I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll call one of the, the people I know who is c- close to the group and be like, listen, was I supposed to? <laughs> I supposed to bring something. Um, never gonna be invited back. <laughs> never gonna be invited back. These are the people I stay with all the time when I go. Um, they would have told you, just like, hey, you kind of fucked up back there. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we've been in touch since the wedding, and nobody has mentioned it. Yeah. So I think, I think I'm all right. In the clear. Yeah. I think, I think somebody would have said something. <laughs> are there ever? Um, are there ever dry weddings, or is there always alcohol? I mean, there are. There are dry weddings. Uh-huh. Um, they suck. Yeah, I was but... gonna ask because <laughs> these this five day long party, you're gonna need to get drunk at some point. I know. I went to a dry. I mean, I've been to a dry wedding. This was another one where I didn't know the bride or groom. Uh-huh. But I, I mean, I think they were they were Jans or or Muslims or uh-huh. or something that doesn't drink. Okay. Um, but it's still and the five day long. Well, I mean, I, w- I was only at the wedding. Okay. Um, this was like, this was actually the same trip that this funeral happened. But the night I got in, there was a wedding. The day I flew out, there was a funeral. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> I knew neither of the honorees. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> just along for the ride. Just, I'm here. <laughs> I'll do what I need to do. Um, I mean, there was a dry wedding. People were um, furtively drinking in the parking lot. Yeah. Um, for the wedding. <laughs> no, I mean not pre-gaming during. Yeah. Uh, oh, nice. Uh, like, uh, like, like leaving the the ceremony. Too. Leaving the ceremony out into the parking lot. I mean, this was the reception by huh. this point. Going out into the parking lot and you know where the drinking with the catering staff. Yeah. Um, <laughs> where they were just finding. Um, I don't want to besmirch the catering staff. For all I know, they didn't touch a drop. Yes. But <laughs> on the job, they were just supervising. But. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, there are dry weddings. There are a lot, like a lot of Gujaratis don't drink. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Jans don't drink. A lot of Muslims don't drink. Um, yeah, so, yeah, there are dry Indian weddings, mm-hmm. but not not the fun Punjabi Indian weddings, right? So what it sounds like to me, and tell me if I'm wrong, is that the the way the weddings are done in India is it's more because it's it's the culture, not really tied so much into religion. No, it is tied into religion. Okay. Um, no, it's very, very tied into religion. Mm-hmm. I mean, India is a very, it's a very religious country. Right. Um, and a few different religions too. A lot of, I mean, that's why, I mean, the, 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 to the point that there's, to the point that there's, it sounds like I'm downplaying it. There is a lot of sectarian tension in the country and it's not on racial lines the uh-huh. way sectarian country and this sectarian tension in this country is mm-hmm. on religious lines. Um, and, you know, the, so much so that the country was split in half because of it. The point of forming Pakistan is that, you know, they, they wanted a separate Muslim country for just Muslims. Uh-huh. Um, uh, so, yeah, no, it's a, it's a, very, it's a very religious country. Mm-hmm. Um, the, I mean, when you get to sort of the upper middle class, upper classes in Delhi, mm-hmm. people are not, they don't beat you over the head with, I mean, it's not a pro you know, like these... I have to be careful about the faggot thing in India. Mm-hmm. We all know this. I've talked about this a mil- million places. You have to hide it with a lot of people. However, like with the bride and groom at this wedding and with like uh, my kind of cousins and friends there in that generation, not their parents, but that generation, it's fine. Yeah. Um, and I've told them. Yeah, it's, they're more open-minded. Yeah, but th- that is a very... That is a very narrow sliver of society mm-hmm. where that's the case. I just happen to be lucky that that's w- oh, very, good. very fortunate that that's where I'm hanging out when I'm there. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, and I'm, and you know, very often I'm not hanging out in that sliver of society, and so you have to be careful. Mm-hmm. Um, 
there's a guy, Karan Johar, there who's a very prominent movie director, and it, it it's the Noel Coward situation, like Noel Coward when it was when homosexuality was illegal in Britain. You know, every, everybody knew he was gay. He was going to dinner parties with his boyfriend Graham Payne. Every, like everybody knew, but you he couldn't say right. Um, and this guy Karan Johar, everybody knows his a talk show called Coffee with Karan, and he talks like this. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's like, are you a virgin? Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, tell me, do you have casual sex? Um, you know, like like those sexually the, the, those gay guys who don't get laid, and they they substitute it by just asking very gossipy questions about sex from everybody else. Right. Um, I know this because I was once one of you. Oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I was a virgin till very late. I was very scared for a while uh but <laughs> and then I, I just became a habit now i still ask everybody everything yeah um which is fine <laughs> but but yeah everybody knows but he can't say yes uh in fact he now has like a like an agony ant radio show where people call in and the one the ad for it that they were all playing the segment for it was you know this faggot who married a woman and he's like no I, I you, you don't have to be ashamed of your sexuality but he made actually a, a fairly decent point it's like it's not fair to drag this woman into it you're ruining her life yeah um <laughs> and they're still together oh I mean I have no idea this was oh. just some rando who called in okay okay got it got it got oh it. no this was okay. not his wife no he he was giving this advice God he okay. has like a, uh-huh. a like a dear Abby radio show uh-huh. um and so some some guy just called in. Okay, but um, that was the other guy that was. It was the uh, other guy who was married, yeah. and yeah, not the famous one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it is like like the way Noel Coward never married. It's yeah. that point where you know he's a bachelor for the rest of his life. He lived, and I think may still live with his mother. Um, but he just cannot say public because it is illegal and right. it's punishable by life in prison. Um, so. Yeah, that's that situation. But again, you're Noel Coward could go to all these dinner parties with Graham Payne. Yeah. Um, I have my set in Delhi and in Bombay that it's fine. Yeah. Oh, I'm glad for that. I'm very glad. <laughs> I'm sure you're way more glad for that. <laughs> Otherwise, I did once. I have been uh, more reckless about this kind of thing than I should have. I did try to once cruise the men's room at Abu Dhabi International Airport <laughs> when I was connecting on my way over Did it there. work out? No. <laughs> Luckily, it didn't work out or I would have been... I really, you know, at the time, I just wanted to be the UAE's Monica. <laughs> I'd <laughs> crawl out from under some Amir's robes and be... Oh, it would have been such a good... It would have been worth the stoning to be the center of a, of a political sex scandal. <laughs> Did you ever hear of Mandy Rice Davies? No. She was so great. She died, I think, last year or the year before, or maybe even in 2015. But she was at the center of this big sex scandal in Britain in the 50s called the Profumo Affair. Mm. Um, and there was a guy named Lord Astor, and she was in court. She was in, I think, a witness. Um, and And somebody said... Uh, you told her that Lord a- Lord Astor said he had never slept with her, mm-hmm. um, and she was just. This is the kind of witness we should all be if we ever, God forbid, have to be a witness in court. She was. This was said to her, and she was just very famously was like, "Well, he would, wouldn't he?" <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> um, yeah, my idol is Mandy Rice Davies. <laughs> she sounds fabulous. <laughs> so I think I'm going to ask you uh, one more question about Indian weddings before we we head out here. Um, what what is like what is your favorite food that you've had at a wedding? Oh my god! I, there's got to be so much good food. There's so much good food, but the thing is, you end up having so little of it because you're you're doing so much dancing. Oh yeah. Um, the food is really there for kind of the old people. Uh-huh. Uh huh. <laughs> the, the 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 bar, the dance floor is there for us. Yeah. Um, in fact, it was it was to the point it was I think it was after midnight by the time this happened. Um, at the actual wedding. Mm-hmm. Um. When the bride and groom sat down for their first meal together as man and wife, but the the party had gone on for hours, yeah. I, and 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 that was when you know those of us in their generation who were close to them that was that was when we finally all sat down and uh-huh. ate dinner too at this log table with them. Before then, it was all just you know snacking on the appetizers that were brought around all the yeah. time. Um, God, 
A favorite food. Oh, I can't even pick. I could, I mean, I could pick favorite Indian foods at the drop of a hat, but at this wedding, because they had so, you know, they, they really go all out on this. I mean, they, they had a buffet that went around like two thirds of this farm. Oh my God. Um, of this giant field. Um, and they have, you know, Italian food and Japanese. They had a sushi bar. It They, they oh really go. God. <laughs> Momo's a very popular there, which is basically like dim sum. Yeah. Um, because I, I mean, India is on United Nations at this wedding. <laughs> yeah. Well, especially I mean, in 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 the the town where this Beatles ashram was Rishikesh, because uh-huh. it's in a state Uttarakhand, which borders Tibet. Yeah. Um. So everybody forgets how close it is to these countries. I mean, all these things come into India before they would come here. Right. Um. People go to Bangkok for weddings. There's a great uh comedy group there they do youtube videos they're called iDiva i have no idea why i'm even recommending them on this podcast because so much <laughs> of what they do is in hindi and <laughs> nobody is going to hey there might um, be there might be anybody who knows hindi out there but um, maybe it's captioned we can watch <laughs> i wish it were it's not <laughs> it's not no it upsets me so much it, it, it the thing I was complaining to most when I was texting people back here from there was, I wish the sense of humor here translated. I wish I could tell you what people were saying. Right. Um, but oh, the, the point I was going to say is a, a lot of weddings and, and bachelor trips are done in, in Thailand now, in Bangkok. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and in one of these videos that was making fun of South Delhi girls, which are basically like the Valley girls of Delhi, very rich, very... Um, one girl was saying, you know, she called this this big fashion designer, and this reminded me so much of so many people I know there. Um, that uh, Tarun Tahiliani is this big fashion designer there, and she was like, I call Tarun, you know, Tarun Tahiliani. <laughs> I said, Tarun, whatever you have, just send it to me, bill it to me, and then we'll see later. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the uh, this was pointed out in that video the uh, amount of women in Delhi. And rich women in Delhi who secretly wear Kylie lip kits is <laughs> that you would not believe. Um, uh, and, and uh, you know, a fair number of them who think they're wearing Kylie lip kits. Yeah. Oh, so it's, it's knocked off there? <laughs> they have knocked off Kylie lip kits I in India. I fucking love that. <laughs> um, they have, uh, oh God, what was I going to say? Oh, they had yeah. One of the girls in this video is like, "I was invited to this Thailand ka wedding. What a joke! <laughs> Thailand is like Chhatarpur now, <laughs> where it's like Chhatarpur was the neighborhood of Delhi where this wedding was. Uh-huh. Um, where it's like, I mean, it's it it has become like this for the Indian upper classes. You know, even even going to Bangkok is so provincial now. <laughs> um, They're just over it. <laughs> yeah. it's it's yeah. The 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 world gets smaller and smaller for some people. Yeah. The bougie become bougier. <laughs> I love that. Well, thank you so much, Samir. This was like, I, I love it. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs>